everyone, and welcome to The Clustercast, a filterless podcast on family travel. I am your co-host, Anna Lyons. And I am Scott Lyons. Well, it's been a while since we recorded, yeah. uh, but we figured nobody noticed because the world is turned upside down. Topsy-turvy, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no one even noticed that, probably. <laughs> You know, and we figured nobody was really paying attention to anything beyond the day-to-day yeah. anyways. And to mm-hmm. be honest, our lives kind of fell apart too. And we just didn't feel like recording. Yeah, we weren't into it like at all. So anyway, uh, but we decided that with summer ramping up and everyone settling for domestic road trips. Yeah, since your fancy braggalicious trip to Portugal got canceled. Womp womp. <laughs> You're all now pretending that you wanted to see Bryce Canyon all along. Yes, I love red rocks in the shape of turds. Yes, I definitely <laughs> wanted to be doing that instead of an overwater bungalow in Bora Bora. Right. Definitely. A whole canyon yes. of giant red rock turds. Sign me up. Sign me up. Let's do it. This sounds so much better than anything else possibly in the world. Yeah, it's like bungalow, shum, shumgalow. Shmungalow. 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 Bungalow, shmungalow. Anyway, I, I really do love people's commitment to acting like their road trips really are an even comparison to mm-hmm. what was canceled. Right. Like, yeah, we're going to rock it. It's going to be amazing. No, you're not. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Everything's terrible right now. <laughs> and, it, and you know, it's not that we're hating on Bryce Canyon, but we see through the ruse of these family travel accounts pretending that they're psyched to do this instead of go to New Zealand. New Zealand. I mean, just be honest that your trip was canceled and, you know, you wanted to go to Belize and now you can't and that sucks rock turds and... <laughs> You know, you're way, way settling for that road trip. Just be honest. We'll respect you way, way more for it. But it it isn't a fair comparison. It's just different. Right. So own that it is different. Just own it. We will all respect you more for it. We really, really will. Uh, So we recently had our own jaunt through the American Southwest a month-ish ago. Sure. Sure. Yep, ish, you know, emphasis on the ish, right? On the ish. <laughs> I don't know. No, again, nothing <laughs> matters. So why are we keeping track of time? Which, of course, that's going to be a podcast in and of itself in a few months. Yeah, but we really need to get like a few content relevant episodes. Yeah, probably out there before we start talking about our feelings again, because this is not a feelings episode or a podcast. Right. This is a family travel podcast. Anyway, uh, and plus we just need to process it for ourselves before we'll be ready to talk about this anyway. So it works out. Yeah. So since people are settling for road trips. There we said it. You're settling for road trips. And yep, mostly visiting the American Southwest. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what we seem to and, see a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> and since we are more or less, you know, from that area of the United States and... Yeah. Uh, recently drove through said area and quarantine in Sedona, we feel like we can give some pointers to help make that trip of yours feel a little less like a settle. Settle. Hashtag settle for the Southwest. However great you pretend it is on Instagram, we all know it's a settle. 
uh, and we can help bring the actual experience up a few notches. So you're not just pretending on social media that you're having fun because yes, we actually are decently qualified to give some advice on where to go and you know what to see. And yes, you can still have a super fun summer, even though you're in the Zona because your plans got canceled by the Rona. Nice. Mm -hmm. So there again, nothing matters. So why be articulate? Why? Nothing matters. Doesn't matter. That's a good, uh, that's a good line right there. Mm -hmm. So where, where should we start though? Hmm, Where to start? Well, I think it is important to note that Arizona is a very unique place. The landscapes and climate vary drastically for such a small state, like a small area. Exactly. Yeah. Like, for example, it could be August and Phoenix will have temperatures easily clocking in at 115 degrees. And if you want to know what that is in Celsius, I'm sorry. Uh, That's Fahrenheit. Uh, We'll go ahead and skip that. And then you can drive two hours north to Flagstaff where it will be up in the mountains with a high of 80. And probably with a big monsoon storm rolling through, that will drop the temperature considerably. For those of you who don't know, monsoons are just these big rainstorms that just show up. Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I don't know. Nothing matters. Anyway, in, in winter, it's actually the exact opposite. So Flagstaff oh, yeah. could be more unpleasant, shall we say, with temperatures that are well below freezing. And Phoenix is coming in at 75. Right. So it just makes... I don't know. It just it makes for a very unique, you know, thing to to plan. You know, it just makes right. the planning process that just more like, oh, you got more to consider. Right. And when we lived in Arizona, we pretty much had, you know, two separate sets of clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One for Phoenix and one for when we visited Flagstaff. You know, obviously in the summertime, it isn't going to be the difference between shorts and pants, but you get the idea. Exactly. And I think going and coming like for us more recently like as of right now coming from the southwest to the northwest and then back again that has really changed our perspective and given us a fresh kind of outlook on what visiting this part of the country kind of entails and and something that we didn't really it was things we didn't think about before we just sort of had baked into us like oh yeah you just naturally do these things right because you live in the southwest and i think having left and then come back we're like oh wow yes this is really different it takes a lot of it's just a lot more consideration, I'd say. Right. Things like just how dehydrated you get or how chapter lips can be. You got to remember Chapped all lips. of those things. Mm-hmm. Yep. You really do. So it all it all comes and becomes a really big player where your Carmax is. So let's start with Sedona. Let's kick things off nice and easy. You're coming to Arizona. Sedona is beautiful. And that is where we were quarantined for several months. So let's right. talk we about spent it. About three months in Sedona. Um, and so we were still pretty familiar with all there is to see and do. Yeah. Explanatory podcast episode. Um, we ended up there is forthcoming. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So Sedona, Arizona is located off 89A, I believe. And it is somewhere between Phoenix and Flagstaff. So just for reference, uh, a little closer to Flagstaff, but just for the sake of simplicity, we'll, we're just going to say that. So just. Those of you Arizona natives, like, please don't come for me. This is just like, just for simplicity's sake. Um, it is a Red Rock area. So it's just this entire town span space that is just these gorgeous orangey red rocks that are literally everywhere and all these cool formations. And it is, I'm going to say it, way cooler and impressive 
and amazing than the Garden of the Gods in Colorado. Wow. Yeah. I see so many people are like, Garden of the Gods is amazing. Like, it's like two little chunks of rocks. Like, (laughs) it's even more rock turdy than Bryce Canyon. And you're acting like, I don't know. Right. So, like, you're acting like it's the first time you've seen a red rock before. It's not that cool. Like, Sedona's way better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. Moving on. Move fine. We'll move on. <laughs> fine. Fine. So you have the red rock canyons and the giant rock formations that span for miles in either direction, and then Oak Creek is running through it. Yes. So quite a few westerns were filmed there as well. Yeah, if you're into uh, that. As well as that one opening scene in the Karate Kid, you know, when they kind of stop and yes. have to push it. Okay. I'm gonna push him. <laughs> <laughs> So it's pretty notable in terms of landscape. It is. It is. And it's it's very beautiful. I would say, I would go so far as to say world class. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sedona boasts a lot of the new age kind of activities like aura photography and healing crystals that were a thing long before Gwyneth Paltrow made it a thing. Right. And if you're not into that kind of a thing, never fear. There are about a thousand other cool things you can do. Of course. Give or take. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I guess I say that just to set the mood. Right. So just so you kind of understand what you're getting into. Um, like this is a Southwest kind of town that is sort of a perma spa. If you can kind of think that way. Everywhere you go, there are fountains and soothing rock sculptures. Right. So think of Old Lady of the Berkeley Hills meets the Lone Ranger. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, so visiting Sedona, it can kind of be chopped up into th- three to four different areas, I would say. I think that's fair. There's Oak Creek Canyon, Sedona proper, Talakapaki, and the village of Oak Creek. It's all kind of this in the same vicinity, but that's just how most of the activities are organized and even sort of directions you'll be getting. You'll hear these terms a lot mm-hmm. if you're planning a trip to Arizona. Right. And all, all of it's technically, quote unquote, Sedona. Yeah. But knowing those areas are how each sector is distinguished. Right. So it's important to know, I'd say. Uh, So shall we start with the furthest north and work our way south? Let's do it. Okay. So uh, I guess that means Oak Creek Canyon. Yes. Kind of tree-ish and forested canyon area with the the creek kind of raging through it. Yes. Uh, This area is home to the infamous Slide Rock State Park, Ooh. which is a pretty standard tourist attraction. Yeah, until so the E. coli level get through by, you know, in the water, and then the authorities have to shut it down. Ew, grossy. <laughs> yeah, heat plus crowds plus fresh water is not a winning combo. Nope. So gross. But uh, that is an area that is frequently touted by guides, so we'll give it its due. It is a fun place to check out with a natural rock water slide so to speak kind of nice yeah it is and there are plenty of other cool hikes and areas to explore in that particular area uh west fork is a great hiking trail that follows the creek and is pretty easy hike in terms of arizona hiking trails yeah which are kind of their own species of hiking trails Um, and and technically speaking, it is a very long sort of excursion. So just don't plan to complete the trail. Like it's like a backpacking trip oh, sure. level thing. So my advice, and, and this is truly my advice for any of the hikes that you're going to take, unless it's something that is, you know, super short, just plan to hike for a set amount of time that you're comfortable with and then turn around and just come back. Don't expect to get to the trail's end, I'd right. say. I feel like that's a pretty... Right, and there are plenty of marked... Uh, picnic areas in the canyon Mm -hmm. uh, where you can sit by the water and the kids can play. 
Yeah. So if you're lucky and get there in the late summer, there are lots of wild blackberries growing as well. Yeah, there is. There is. So depending on how well the rain and snow season does, there can be nice swimming holes to hang out in as well. So kind of a relief from some of that heat. Right. And Indian Garden is a really nice cafe to hang out at and have a bite to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a cool patio area with a nice ambiance. Ambiance. Nice uh, use of that word there. <laughs> with, the, with the canyon in, in the trees in the background, right? So. Yes. Oh, it's lovely. And I would note that Oak Creek Canyon is pretty much a dead zer- zone in terms of cell reception. Oh, yeah. So just know you're going into a dead zone when you're venturing there. So you're not going to be able to communicate like if you're caravanning into cars or whatever, like you're not going to be able to communicate with each other except like face to face or shouting. (laughs) That's it. And that could be the reason why you want to go there is to get off the grid. Maybe so. Maybe so. But like Pandora is all of a sudden going to play that weird station that you played the most out of nowhere. If you're listening to that. Yeah. yeah, You're going to get the offline stuff. Um you're not going to be able to text anybody or call. I mean, it's literally, you're just stuck. So, Right. So if you head up the canyon, which is uh, 89A, that's the that's the route name, Yeah. Uh, there is a uh, decently steep set of switchbacks to drive up uh, and down. So if you have people prone to car sickness, uh, be warned. You've been warned. And, and I would say it's not like unmanageable. Just take it slow and keep the windows down. Right. That, that's my advice. It's a very pretty drive, though. If you can avoid the pukes, I'd say it's worth it. <laughs> That's <And> my... <laughs> <laughs> and moving further south, you start to get into the, the hardcore Red Rock area of Sedona proper. Mm-hmm. Um, there you have the little uptown area that kind of looks like a western. Yeah, kind of western meets yeah. spot. Uh, you can walk along kind of the the sidewalks and you can check out the, s- the shops and find some tourist junk. We do recommend checking out the little popcorn and taffy store on your way through town. Mm -hmm. And if you keep walking down the main part of town, you will get to this really spectacular scenic overlook uh, where the sunsets are just out of this world. Yeah, they they really are beautiful. And I mean, we were there for three months and I'd say we we hit the sunset pretty much every time. Yep. We very rarely missed one. That's how cool they were. And it's an unobstructed view. Like you just, there's the red rocks and the sun's going down and reflecting back off of them. I mean, it's it's pretty spectacular. And if you're feeling a bit peckish, I highly recommend having dinner at the Sedona Brewing Company. And no, oh, that was good. they did not pay us for this endorsement. In fact, nope. any of these endorsements are just us because we like food. And we're telling you where the good food right. is. We're saying this because we've been there. And we love it. <laughs> So. so for sure, have dinner there. Mm-hmm. Don't go anywhere else. Uh, it's a setback a little ways off the main drag, and uh, and it's on uh, Jordan Road, okay. and your life will never be the same if you eat there. It won't. And and you could probably order takeout, too. I don't know what, obviously, in this day and age, like there's lockdowns and all that different stuff. So, mm-hmm. But we always ordered takeout, and it was spectacular. So... Um, I will also say that you'll think about that food when you're not there. Mm-hmm. That's my... Try to recreate it when you're back home. Mm-hmm. You will, and, and like, kind of successfully. Because we have tried to recreate have. it twice now <laughs> <We're not> since <laughs> we've been back home. <laughs> not that we know or anything. You know, We're just mentioning this for a friend. Right. I would say get the sure. loaded macaroni and cheese and the beer cheese sweet potato fries. Mm. That's That's our endorsement. 
I will just spend a quick moment thinking about those fries here. I know. Moment of silence for those french fries. They were so (laughs) good. And then you're so glad you've been hiking so much because that's a lot of cheese. So as you head a little further south, you'll hit Talakapaki, which is hard to say and even harder to spell. And it is absolutely worth the effort to get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we actually uh, went there when we were dating. Yes, it's a, it's a great place for any season of life, I think yeah. we can say. It's, it's technically described as an arts and crafts village, uh, which mostly means expensive sculptures made out of rock or metal. And fountains and Spanish style architecture. Sure. Yeah, it's very lovely. It's really it's worth your time. Right. It's a fun little place to go, especially when um, all the shops are open, Mm -hmm. which isn't always the case this day and age. Yeah. Um, And a little further south from there on the uh, I-179, switching off from 89A. Is is it I-179? Village of Oak Creek. Maybe it's not I-179. I don't know. It's 179. There's a one and a seven and a nine involved. For sure. And it's on a roundabout, and it's kind of confusing. <laughs> but you don't want to go down 89A, that will take you somewhere else. There are a lot of roundabouts, by the way. Be warned. Get, be warned. And nobody knows how to use them. No one. Oh, yeah. Odds are good. You will be the only person who knows how to use them Yep. in a, in a whole just flood of imbeciles who don't understand it. Right. And won't try to learn. I think that's the really hard part. It's like no one tries to understand them. Everyone just kind of just goes for it. So, anywho. Okay. Right, so on 179. Your way, sorry to hijack that. No okay, worries. Go. So on the on the way to Village of Oak Creek, I wanted to mention that uh, you'll find the infamous Bell Rock, uh, which is a decently easy scramble and climb up uh, a giant rock that looks like uh, you guessed it, a, a bell. Wrong. <laughs> I would I would say that Bell Rock is to Sedona what the Eiffel Tower Tower is to Paris. Like it is a very iconic. Right. Formation and everybody kind of knows. People think Sedona, they think Bell Rock often. Yes, and it's and it's an easy scramble. And again, you're not committed to any kind of trail system or summit or anything like that. You can just kind of look, and the views are cool. I would definitely suggest if you're there in the summer, get there early because the crowds are insane. Just that kind of stuff. So there you go. For something a little more off the beaten path, though, uh, but not so much anyway. Whatever. Check out Red Rock Crossing. It is well worth your time. Well worth the drive. Well worth the hassle. Bring some swimsuits and enjoy a little swimming hole. And the slick, the red slick rock with the water running over it is super right. fun. And then you've got this gorgeous view of, I think it's Cathedral Rock, but I'm not totally sure. I think that sounds right. It sounds yeah. right. It's a, it's a great place to check out the mm-hmm. sunset as well. For yes. Sure. Yes. And maybe order Sedona Brewing, take out and go there and watch the sunset. Yep. And you're, then your life will never be the same. So. Uh, and we know because we've done it. We have <laughs> multiple times because there was nothing else to do. There are plenty of spas and hotels that are fun, immersive, you know, kind of experiences that are along the lines of that luxurious Southwest, you know, kind of vibe. Right. That is Sedona. Right. And if you're staying at a uh, vacation rental, be aware that javelinas are very, <gasps> very real. Mm. And uh, lock up your trash and trash cans until the moment the garbage truck uh, shows up in front of your house. Mm-hmm. Or yes. The, the house next door. I mean, oh, it's that mm-hmm. crazy. Okay. And if you are wondering what a javelina is, and it looks like javelina <laughs> to the untrained <laughs> eye, um, starts with a J. <laughs> it's pronounced javelina. And it is this weird mix of an anteater and a wild boar, mm-hmm. I'd say. 
and they move in hordes like the Dothraki. <laughs> they come and they pillage your trash. It's horrible. And they live for knocking over your giant trash can and then rooting around through it, strewing it around the, the street and then just leaving it and eating it. Mm-hmm. And they just mess just everywhere. Just carnage of trash. Yep. <sighs> and because they spread your garbage all over the street, uh, you get to go clean it up either, you know, at midnight the day before or at 6 a.m. before the guy, garbage guy gets there. Yeah. The, I mean, seriously, if your Airbnb doesn't have some kind of warning about the javelinas and bungee cords on your trash can, they don't love you. Yeah. And they and they they might not deserve a five star review. And we know that you have to clean it up at midnight or 6 a.m. because why? Why? We've done it. Why? <laughs> We've done it. Multiple times. We got because we thought it was raccoons at first, yeah. and we're like, "What? If, what are these crazy like mutant raccoons here in Sedona that like can knock over these huge trash cans?" And then we realized they were javelinas, and they're kind of mean too. I definitely say avoid them. Um, yeah, don't try to run up to them and scare them. But scare anywho, them from a distance. Yeah, uh, they live in Sedona, and and they're not afraid of you. They're nope. like, "What? I'm gonna eat your trash, and you have to watch me." And like that is literally all you can do is watch me eat your trash. And then when I feel like leaving, then you can come clean it up. They're the worst. Anywho, uh, they live in Sedona and they mostly come out at night. Um, and we had many run-ins oh, with yeah. them <laughs> during our time there. <laughs> so just be aware, bungee cord, or if you're an early riser, then take your trash out, you know, whatever. Yeah, they if leave you alone for the most part. If you, you know, if you run into them randomly on a hike or something, that's kind of rare. But yeah, they I mean, they're like any, yeah, I mean, they're like trash. any wild animal. Yeah, for sure. But again, they travel in packs and they're huge. Yeah, they're not small. And they don't care about your feelings <laughs> even a little bit. <laughs> like, come here, let's talk about this. And they let's walk talk away. About, do you mind? <laughs> Would you mind if I ate your garbage, good sir? No, they're not asking that. Anyways, aside from those crazy javelinas, we obviously are fans of Sedona. So mm-hmm. if uh, you're driving a little further north and odds are good that you are going to go visit the Grand Canyon, you will pass through this small town called Flagstaff. Oh, we're going to talk about Flagstaff. Sure. The Flagstaff. <laughs> so in terms of vibe, I'd say that it is a less classy version of Telluride. But the only show in town when it comes to alpine ski towns in Arizona. So beggars right. can't be choosers. Nope. You're going you're gonna to take it. Just like the javelinas are going to eat your trash. You're going to be okay <laughs> with Flagstaff. <laughs> and when you, you know, it's kind of strange though. But when you think of Arizona, you typically think of desert landscapes and giant cacti. But the area of Flagstaff is 7,000 feet in elevation near the San Francisco peaks, which are 11,000 feet in elevation. And this area has snow and pine trees. And hobos and wildfires. Uh, and those too, sure. Those too, yeah. <laughs> but if you can hit the time of year just right, it can be a really cool place. Um, the downtown place or da- area is, is a nice place to, to hang out sometimes. And Forrest Gump was rumored to have run through there. I don't know. It's kind of a, it was sort of a city legend that right. Tom Hanks ran through there when he was fl- filming Forrest Gump. Anyway, whatever. Who knows? There are a few hikes like Walnut Canyon and the Weatherford Trail that can be enjoyable. Right. And we definitely recommend Fratelli's Pizza and Biff's Bagels for some excellent food. Obviously, pizza and bagels. That's what they serve. 
Obvious. It's in the name. It's in the name. Yeah, it's pretty easy. It's in the name. And Biff's Bagels is cash only. And they are definitely not nice if you show up with a credit card. So bagels are good. I would definitely say have cash. So there's that. Beaver Street Brewery is another good one. Mm -hmm. So there you go. And so you get some good food, stop from Flagstaff, and from there you move on to the Grand Canyon. Yep. Which is probably the real reason why you were visiting this particular state in the first yeah, place. Exactly. You're like, hey, let's go to Arizona. Why? I want to see a big hole in the ground. Okay, there it was. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I don't reckon it's so <laughs> so what's not to love? Obviously, like we're not judging you for coming to the Grand Canyon. I mean, even though Flagstaff is just a blip on the radar. Um, it's a natural wonder of the world, equally yep. braggalicious and pretty cool. Um, this is definitely a place that is worth visiting. Absolutely. And, and we would say, you know, keeping to simple, easy trails are your best bet because Grand Canyon hiking is a whole other species of outdoor activity. Oh, my. Yes. And we should probably talk about that because this sure. is actually a huge issue with tourists in Arizona. Mm-hmm. If you are coming from any part of the country that isn't what southern Utah or California, mm-hmm. probably hiking sure. in Arizona yeah. hiking in Arizona is not like hiking in other parts of the world where you bring like a bottle of water and maybe a Nutrigrain bar and then you're fine and you nope. have an enjoyable day. No. Yep. No, 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 no. Don't do that. That don't. Arizona's very dry. Yeah. Like accidental mu- accidental mummy in the Andes Mountains dry. Yes. Like that's not it's so dry. <laughs> there's very little in the way of trees or shade. Uh it's what we like to call exposed. Exposed. And many people call that too, I'm sure. Like beat you into the ground with UV rays. It's <laughs> horrible. So the sun's just beating down on you relentlessly from morning till night. And I mean, this is a hundred percent true and not an exaggeration that you do not realize how sapped you are of energy and water until it's too late mm-hmm. until you're shriveled on the ground, like crying for mercy. Right. <laughs> and you, you aren't like a mega Indiana nerd. Jones, like, <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is you're not, you're not a, like a mega nerd for bringing brimmed hat and a ton of water bottles. No, like, that's, that's good. No, you're a cool kid. Yeah. It's yeah. better to do that than to be the dork who gets airlifted off the trail because of sunstroke. Yes. I mean, just, Im- okay, let's just imagine for a minute being the person like swapping crazy medical stories. Sure. Like, hey man, your torn meniscus sounds super rough. Reminds me of the time I was air in Arizona. <laughs> oh yeah, man. What for? Sunstroke. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, it just, doesn't, it doesn't have the same ring to it because, you know. You're just clearly bad at planning, which is what happens. Like mm-hmm. if you if you need to be rescued or anything like that, like it's usually just bad planning. Like it's not bad luck. It's bad planning. Right. It's on so, you. So uh, save everyone the trouble and bring water and snacks and definitely don't start hikes. You know, you can't finish, especially yeah. at noon. Mm-mm. High noon. Just don't do it. Don't don't. And that goes for anywhere you're hiking in Arizona, especially the Grand Canyon. When you think of most hikes, you think mountains, right? Which are self-limiting in and of themselves because you have to go up at first. Right. So you are tired at the outset. Exactly. So that kind of, I feel like it keeps you from letting the energy and effort needed to complete the hike to to kind of let it get away from you, if you will. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, get exhausted on the way up, then you sort of know it and you can turn around and go back down before you get in over your head. Right. Isn't the saying for hiking in the mountains, um, making it to the summit is only a third of the way there. 
Mm-hmm. The remaining two thirds is the time and energy energy it takes to get back down. Yeah, I think it, it goes something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's solid advice. So when you think about the Grand Canyon, you're going downhill. There mm-hmm. are no hotels or services or anything between the bottom of the canyon and the rim or the river and the rim um, because the Colorado goes through the middle. So you're feeling good for way longer and you can so easily get in over your head. And if the climbing in the mountains by the thirds rule is true, like what Scott said, then I would say the descent into the Grand Canyon would be a tenth of the way. So, I mean, it's easy to look at that trail and be like, oh, it's only seven miles to the river. I can definitely do that and back in a day because you you have to have a permit if you're camping or spending the night anywhere below the rim, which is where, you know, the visitor center is. If it's anything past that, you have to have a permit in, you know, your own water and your own tent and everything. There's nothing down there. Right. So what, you know, it's deceiving because it's easy. You're going downhill. Yeah. If you have to plan because if you're going to spend the night. Right. And. What also skews this is it's super hot. There's yeah. no shade. It's very dusty. It's a long, dusty trail that seems deceptively short. Uh, some trails have water. Some do not. Uh, and hiking in the Grand Canyon really is only for experienced hikers who have taken the time and the effort to train and research about what they're going to do. Yeah. Well, let's let's just take this from the like natural wonders perspective. Okay. Sure. So you wouldn't just visit Nepal. And then pop over to Mount Everest and assume you could summit just because you wanted it. Right? Right. I mean, you'd be an idiot to do that. You'd have to be a very experienced mountain climber. And even then they still die trying to summit. So since the Grand Canyon is up there with Everest as a natural wonder, they're on the same list. It's like it's inverted cousin. Can we say that? Um, we did already. So let's All do right, it. There it is. Inverted cousin. <laughs> Hashtag inverted. Okay, Um, (laughs) let's give it its due respect and enjoy it from a distance uh, is what I'm trying to say. This isn't a big playground or some well-planned trail system like Zion National Park. It is wild, wild country. Zion isn't a natural wonder of the world. Everest is. Keep that in perspective when you're planning your visit. So you might be like, well, I did Angel's Landing at Zion. I could totally do Rim River Rim. No, you can't. No, that's not the same thing. There are trails that go along the rim of the Grand Canyon and short little jaunts that could be done by, I think, most abilities, obviously. Check it out first. Um, But do not, under any circumstances, try to get to the Colorado River and um, at the bottom or even to Indian Gardens and back in a day. Like, just don't. It's not worth it. But exactly when you have everything planned and you're doing the making the right decisions. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yes. Marvel at the grandeur of the Grand Canyon. It's a pretty cool place. Have dinner at El Tovar. But don't lump the Grand Canyon in there with the Arches National Park because they're both in the Southwest. No. Just be honest and conservative about what you can do. Have the right amount of gear and do your research. Yeah. And and please do and and obviously train and do your research and be very very like brutally honest with yourself about what you can do, and just for reference, about twelve people die every year in the Grand Canyon. In two thousand eighteen, there were seventeen fatalities. Right, and uh, I we heard or we read we read that uh, in twenty eighteen the EMS also responded to over a thousand calls from the Grand Canyon, uh, and about two hundred and fifty of those were for search and rescue. Yes, can't find them. 
Well, and I think they found him. Eventually they did. Right. But it was complicated, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's the difference between like EMS and search and rescue. Um, and that kind of thing will obviously wreck your vacation. Yeah. Um, I worked in the main trauma hospital for the Grand Canyon, and I saw the evidence of such search and rescue calls, you know, and I'm here to say that it isn't worth it to push yourself. Like, it just don't. It's not worth it. It, no, just please right. don't. And even though, like, pushing yourself is praised by our society, just don't do it in the Grand Canyon. There is no testament to the human spirit when you're looking at 100, 120 degree temperatures and over 4,000 feet in elevation, uh, you know, in only seven miles. And the last thing you ate was a potato salad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. No, there is no triumph of the will at that point. Like, and, and you're doing it voluntarily. Like, you're doing it because you want to do it or you're doing it because you want the bragging rights. Like, no, don't. Um, and, and like, and we get it. There have been plenty of times where I have overdone it hiking in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm, I'm talking this, like I'm coming from 25 year old local and I didn't bring enough water for whatever reason, or I underestimated how long the trail was going to be. And I'm either hiking after dark or I am wiped out for the rest of the day just because of exposure and lack of, you know, salt. Right. Yeah. I mean, you- it's horrible. You were a local back then, too, and, you know, so to speak, were acclimated and knew better. Yeah, So I did. We're not joking when we say give the Grand Canyon or really any hiking trail in the Southwest. It's due respect, right? And know that your crazy workout regimen most likely will will not translate. No, it won't translate. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not going to be at sea level. You're going to be at, you know, 7,000 feet in elevation, and you're exposed and the sun's beating down on you and the trail is very, very steep and rocky. Just lots of things. Just don't. Just it's not worth it. So, OK, we'll move on. On yes, our tour. Let's do that. Let's, let's be done. OK, so you <laughs> went to the Grand Canyon, right? You went up through Sedona. You explored it. You went to a quick little jaunt in Flagstaff, Grand Canyon, respectfully saw it. So now you're probably going to make your way through Phoenix. Either you're flying out of there or maybe you just need to go that way somehow and maybe to get to California. Um, either way, you'll be flying or driving through that city. Yep, exactly. And it depends on the time of the year. Um, the summer is obviously not super fun, uh, but Phoenix is a great place for some great food and atmosphere. It is. The art museum is really lovely. Mm-hmm. The library is spectacular. Caroline Commons is a great place to shop and hang out. Right. So, of course, there Phoenix isn't much in the fun. way. Yeah, there isn't. Yeah, it can be fun, but there isn't much of the way uh, of hiking, though. Uh, Camelback uh, Mountain and South Mountain are fine, but I'd say the hiking, the hiking in Sedona and Flagstaff are far better. I wouldn't. No. I mean, I think hiking in Phoenix is because you don't have any other option. Right. You might want to do that. I wouldn't say that's that should be anyone's bucket list item. <laughs> so uh, it's more of a relaxed sort of shop, hang out, kind of enjoy the resort vibe of the city because the city kind of is a giant resort, which is cool. There are some great hotels in the area, especially if you're there in the summer. Yeah. Um, we like the JW Marriott's, the Waldorf, Waldorf Astoria, and the Montelusia. I'd say are our top favorites. And lucky for you, assuming you're visiting in the summer, those hotels are very reasonably priced. Because, spoiler alert, nobody wants to deal with 115 degree temperatures. Right. Exactly. Um, by the way, Postino's Wine Cafe, that's... Uh that's our number one all-time favorite dining experience, isn't it? All time. I love that place. In fact, I was chatting with a friend who lived in Phoenix and had since moved to the Northwest. 
and I mentioned Postinos to her and she teared up and she was like, why would you bring that up? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's because it's so hot. You have nothing better to do than to make amazing food. And Postinos definitely does that. So I would say my suggestion is to get the bruschetta with the fig and mascarpone and your life will never be the same. Yep. It's good. It is good. And of course, if you can suffer through, uh, you know, rowdy college kids walking around Mill Avenue in Tempe and Tempe Town Lake, uh, it's all a fun experience there, too. It is. It is. And we would typically go, you know, to In-N-Out Burger and eat it along the walk, uh, the uh, way down uh, next to the river. Yeah, we would. And um, Pizzeria Bianco is another great place to check out, as well as Lux Coffee Shop. Those are all fun, really unique experiences. I'd say I've never been anywhere like them before. Right. They all kind it's of really a great city. It is. Yeah. It is. And you can easily make good uh, good use of the one day layover uh, you might have there. Mm-hmm. And go yes. See it. And if you are Things are pretty close. Yeah. And, and I'll say this. If you are lucky enough to be in Phoenix during the winter and, you know, we have other recommendations, if that's the case, email us at clusterfusstravel at gmail.com. And we can give you our recommendations for that. But otherwise, we're assuming everyone's going to be there in the summertime. So it doesn't have to be that like sad layover or that sad night. You can actually do some super fun stuff there. Yep. And if you are going to continue your Southwest tour through southern Utah to Zion, Bryce and Arches National Park, follow the rules of preventing sun exposure and bring what? Lots of water. Water. Right? Water. Um. I think for us, for years prior, our Arizona prep, you know, just kind of for hikes and stuff and living was already baked in, mm-hmm. <laughs> pun intended. Uh, we had <laughs> we had lived in this part of the country for long enough that, you know, whenever I read a guidebook that said things like bring lots of water and a sun hat and lightweight clothing, I truly thought, oh, duh. But having been away from the Southwest for so long and then coming back after years in Seattle, I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I get the disclaimer now. <laughs> like, I get it. It's see what very hot <laughs> and I'm not living at sea level, like right by the ocean with that humidity and all that stuff. So, right. Um, and so no sun- sunshine. <laughs> I have to reckon with that now. So sunscreen, lightweight hats with the brim, uh, water bottles, camelbacks, linen shirts. Uh, yes, absolutely bring all those things. Try not to buy them there because uh, they will be wretchedly expensive because those little outfitter places uh, know you forgot your adventure sandals and will charge you a king's ransom for them. They will. They will. And they'll look extra dorky because you haven't (laughs) broken them in yet. And everyone will know that you forgot them. (laughs) (laughs) And how do we know? Because we've done it before. (laughs) You've done it. Speak for yourself, man. Okay. I've done it before. (laughs) You've done it before. Um, I would say do a lot of research. That that's that's the number one thing. Um, we've given you the names of hikes like the Weatherford Trail and Cedar Ridge. Well, at least now I have. Um, take those names and go plug them into Google and see what you can manage in terms of ability and intensity level. Again, do not do it if you can't. Do not feel pressure to finish. All those things. Like I, I'm serious. You really need to be honest with yourself about those. Yeah. Um, they're beautiful along the way. Like I'm not going to say that the end of the trail is any more spectacular than a tenth of the way down. And that's really what's cool about Arizona is that you can just go part way down the trail and experience something very beautiful and unique. It's not that you have to complete the trail to get there. Would you say? Mm-hmm. Like, 
exactly. You know, I mean, like here in the Northwest, you're hiking and it's just ferns and trees and you don't get to see anything until you finish the hike. And then you're like, there's the view. Right. But in Arizona, (laughs) because nothing grows, you actually see the view the whole time. So don't think that you're missing out on anything. You're going to see it and it's going to be beautiful, really, no matter what you do and how far you go. Yep. You know, and it's probably a good idea to try and do those hikes early in the morning as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Oh, Uh, definitely. And if you're someone that can get up pretty early, you might be able to catch a sunset. Oh, sorry, sunrise. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're talking about early in the morning. Um, and Ew, if you yeah. do it, if you do it any other time, you know, um, it's kind of bad, right? Because you're out in the heat of the day, and even worse, you're racing the sun and hiking in the dark. If you're going to go too late in the evening, yes. So make sure you time it right. Um, that's also key. That's yeah. You don't want search and rescue after you. Um, my advice would be to just keep track of your time. Don't get the summit or complete the trail fever. Consider your ability, the temperature, your level of preparedness and say, like, I think this will be a 30 minutes out on the trail. Thankfully, we all have our phones. We can set a timer and then turn turn back around and, you know, it'll take you 30 to 45 minutes to get back kind of deal. Like, that's what I would say is is a good just way of keeping track of all that. And one more thing I just remembered. What? You got to be aware that there are also snakes and scorpions. Yeah, part of the country. Like really bad poisonous we ones. We loathe scorpions. Scorpions. Yep. Not fans. No. Nope. 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 Uh, thankfully, the scorpions are nocturnal, so mm-hmm. obviously, just be aware leaving shoes and stuff like that outside overnight. Um, and the snakes are the rattlesnakes, so thankfully you can hear them. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're not gonna sneak up on you. Yep. So just be aware that they're there. And, you know, it's not something to be overly paranoid about, but it's not something to be cavalier about either. Right. And, you know, you're likely to see them. And if Mm. you do, be like, oh, I knew that I would see one. Yep. And And give it a wide berth and just keep (laughs) on moving. So these are kind of the high points of Arizona. Obviously, there's Horseshoe Bend, Antelope Canyon, the Petrified Forest and Lake Powell that are tourist hotspots as well. Yes. And to that, I would say many of those places have become overrun with Instagram influencers. Mm -hmm. So please do your part in not perpetuating over tourism wherever you go. It's very harmful and very detrimental. Um, So don't hold up the line to get the perfect shot and don't act like you're the first person to visit that area because you're not. You're not special. Have you seen antelope? Yeah, I'm the first person (laughs) who discovered antelope. No, you're not. Move along. So there's lots to do in the American Southwest. Arizona is a cool place uh, with lots of different activities. And uh, we've obviously really enjoyed our experiences there. Yes. So with some planning and extra sunscreen, it can be a very memorable experience for everyone. Absolutely. Can't say it's going to be Portugal. Nope. But, you know... It can still be fun. Exactly. So it's different, but don't pretend that it's the same. <laughs> we all know it's not. Well, that's going to do it for us. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please uh, click, download, like, and subscribe. Or as we like to say, do all the things that tells the internet that you like our stuff. It really does make yeah. a difference. Uh, we don't rely on purpose. Okay. This is very intentional. We do not rely on SEO, which is search engine optimization, which is basically this really maddening way of repeating the same keywords over and over again. So we show up in your Google. So that equals lame. Like that explanation right there is so lame just even explaining it. You can only imagine what it would be like in 
our content. Um, and we do not rely on advertising to get the word out about our work. So we rely exclusively on our listeners and readers to increase our reach. Thank you so much to those of you who have shared and subscribed and reviewed. We appreciate it more than you can imagine. Absolutely. In, in fact, we noticed that during the entire lockdown and quarantine, our listenership actually grew during a time <laughs> when we were too freaked out and unable to produce new content. That growth is 100% thanks to you guys. Yes. So we had nothing to do with it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But we had a little bit. We did do the podcast before. Yeah, but like <laughs> we did. I mean, we just left it there and then we were sad. <laughs> but so. we didn't go in there and listen to all of them and, and inflate the numbers. No, that, sure. oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be, what kind of person would do that? I'm alarmed you even thought of it. I know we were surprised. We we're like, oh, hey, look, there's Ooh. a lot of people listening. So thank you and welcome. So we really yes. appreciate it. We really do. We enjoy making this podcast. So it's nice to have that encouragement of people who also enjoy it. And of course, we have a website, so check it out over at www.clusterfusstravel.com, uh, where you can find our travel blog, our podcast landing page, our merch store, and uh, other excellent content for your reading pleasure. And we are constantly updating those, so don't miss any of our new stuff. And even though the Havelinas want to skip our garbage can whenever <laughs> they hear us say it, this is the Clustercast, a filterless podcast on family travel. So long, everyone. Bye.